Welcome, everyone. This is Michael Blue, and you've connected to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, the podcast, where we are cultivating makers and shapers of culture. Prepare for a riveting time in the principles and practices of the King and of His Kingdom. You are about to be charged, challenged, and changed. I know you're ready. Let's go. Father, we are grateful that you have given yourself to us and you have given yourself for us. You said in your word that we should, husbands, we should love our wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Thank you for giving yourself for us. And Father, as we move into this time of sharing, I pray over these professionals. I pray your blessing and your provision and your favor over them that as they go into sessions today where they will need favor in order to make the proposals, the presentations, the contractual agreements, I ask you, O God, for favor upon your professionals. I pray that you will supply all the needs, whether they are physical needs, whether they are financial needs, relational needs, logistical needs, whatever the needs are, protection from conspiracy, protection from hostility and antagonism. Protect your people, we pray. Sustain them. Those who are in business and their businesses are being threatened. We ask you, O oh God, that you will sustain their businesses and cause them, those that are your will, to thrive. If they're not your will, show them how to transition into your will. But let them thrive for your glory. Let them thrive for your honor and for your praise. We ask you, O oh God, that you would guide them. Let them walk in wisdom as never before. We pray that you'll prosper their families and their family relationships. Oh God, in Jesus' name, they will not be public successes and private failures. But Lord God, let your grace rest upon every aspect of our existence, both public and private. And for all of this, we will give you the glory. Minister to the health of the people. Minister to the health of the people. I pray even for those mothers, Lord, that we are aware of that are uh, undergoing physical challenges and hospitalized and in hospice. Father, we ask you to shield, and that Father as well, shield them, we pray. Sustain them, we pray, for your glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, we have had as our overarching theme in the month of April, uh, month of uh, March, and coming into April, being, becoming, and doing. And we're talking about our eternal purpose and God's eternal foreknowledge of us. That's the being. And then as he brings us into time, at his appointed time, we begin to become what he already decreed and declared that we, quote, be. And as we become, one of the evidences that we have become is in the doing. 
And so the doing is the fruit of the being. The doing is the fruit of the being. The, the, the apple tree is what it is, but the proof or the evidence that the apple tree is what it is, is its fruit, the apples itself, or themselves, the apples themselves. But of course, the being of the apple is resident in the seed. The being of the apple is re resident in the apple seed. The being of the apple is resident in the apple seed. And the apple seed is potent. But the apple seed, though it is potent, it is also dormant until it is applied to soil. When the apple seed is planted, the tree that be in the seed commences to become now that it's in the soil. The soil is an environment conducive to the tree that be coming. It doesn't matter how long you possess apple seeds, you will never see the tree until the apple seed is deposited in an environment where the tree that be in the seed now comes. Even so, the Bible says that the seed is the word of God and the word of God means also the purpose of God, the plan of God, the intent of God, the thought of God. And you were God's seed. But as relates to time, you were dormant. As relates to time, you had no functionality. But once God deposited you in the soil, once God deposited you in the soil, the bee from eternity commenced to come in time. Now, the apple seed was dormant. It was placed in the soil. It began to come. And the proof that it has now become an apple tree is the fruit, the doing. You see it? The fruit is the doing. So the doing is the fruit of the being. Even so, God deposited you in the soil. And as you and I begin to mature, as you and I begin to learn purpose and learn destiny, he begins to work out through us what he ordained and encoded in us from before the foundation of the world. And so our doing is the fruit of our being. You see that apple seed, apple growth into apple tree, apple fruit analogy, seed, tree, fruit, being, becoming, doing. That blesses me, you know. <laughs> it blesses me to think about that. And, and, and here's the thing. The soil is, again, that which is conducive, an environment that is conducive to the bee coming. We must manage our soil. We must manage our soil. Now, now the body that God gave us. We must manage these bodies. 
but the soil is not just the body. It's all those other environmental factors and contributors and components. We have to manage our environment. We have to be selective about our environment. There are some things added to the soil that will be fertilizer. There are other things added to the soil that will be deterrence to growth. Bless you, Elder Long. Did you hear me? I said there's some things added to your soil that are fertilizer. They stimulate growth. They facilitate and augment growth. There are other things, though, that can become deterrence to growth. There are certain, there are certain bugs, certain insects, and certain substances that can go into the soil and cause damage to the plant. So we must manage the soil. We must manage the environment into which this seed has been placed and up from which this tree is to grow. Does that make sense? So, so we will not ever cease to uh, embrace and engage in that process and that meditation of the process of being, becoming, and doing. There is no challenge in the being. Thank God. There's no challenge in the being. You be what he said you be. That is, you are what he says you are. There, there's no challenge there. There's no threat there. The seed is potent. The seed is powerful. The seed has promised. The seed is a prophecy. No question. But it's when the seed is deposited that's when the challenges start. That's when the opposition starts. So that's why we've invested a great deal of our time talking about the becoming. It's the process. It's the process. It's the process of who you are in eternity showing up in time. That's the challenge. That's where the challenges lie. And as we talk about the becoming, one of the greatest challenges to our becoming is our mindset. One of the greatest challenges, one of the greatest arenas of challenge to our becoming is our mentality. How we view the world around us, how we view reality. When I say the world around us, I don't just mean this room in which I sit. I mean our environment, how we view reality itself. And that view begins, particularly for believers, in how we view God, how we view ourselves, how we view others individually, and how we view others collectively. The theme and the topic that we've chosen to use for the rest of this month and going into next month is uh, based upon that mindset need, that need to enhance our mindsets. As I stated to the first session this morning earlier, I was in a conversation with a fine young man who is in his uh, in his university uh, matriculating 
he's actually coming to the end of his time there. And we were sort of reviewing, he was reviewing for me um, his journey. And he is a believer. <clears throat> he is a strong uh, believer in our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a, he's a, he's a child of God. And um, we were talking about um, how his, how faith informs, how faith informs our decisions. He was talking about the fact that he has plans for next year, that some that, but that some of his peers do not have plans and they are somewhat intimidated. But he has plans because he has an anchor. <clears throat> he has plans because he has a focus. Has plans because he has a point of reference. He believes that God has determined a destiny for him. And so he's able to resort to God and resort to the principles of God that he has learned with regard to his destiny. So he's not flailing about without a sense of direction. And that became a bridge for us to talk about the fact that there are people in his peer group who came to university in faith, who came to university professing to be Christians, but when he looks at them and others, he notices that many of them are not nearly as convicted as some atheists, some agnostics, and even some of other religions that many times the Christian community tends to have a weakness in it, tends to have a feebleness, an anemic nature. And, uh, and, and, and not only that, but I think all of us know, and this is a very important component of the kingdom professional conversation, uh, that many people go to university and college and lose their faith. Their faith is as the term is popularly used now, deconstructed. And, and they begin to decide that the faith of their childhood and the faith of their matriarchs and patriarchs is really not sufficient for them, is really not adequate for them because it does not encompass the level of sophistication and intricacy and complexity of their lives and of their reality and of the world. In other words, now that I've studied science, now that I've studied uh, uh, anthropology, now that I've studied uh, human nature, now that I've studied world cultures and civilizations, I've come to understand that what mama and grandma and all of those taught, that that is not really relevant and that's really not solid. And so I'll pay lip service to it maybe when I visit grandma. I'll pay lip service to it maybe when I go to a funeral. I'll enjoy the music. But in terms of really anchoring and basing and predicating my life upon those beliefs and those traditions, nah, they, they, they really don't fit the real world. All right? And this is one of the great challenges as to how and as to why our young people and some of our older people lose the faith or depart from the faith. When I say the faith, I'm talking about the, the, the word of God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. They lose that because in their minds, it's too small, it's too narrow, it's too finite. And 
It is true that Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it's 714, he said that straight is the, is the gate and narrow the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. But remember this, remember this. I've made the statement many times and I'm going to say it again. It is possible to walk the narrow way without having a narrow mind. God never called us to be a narrow-minded people. He said this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. In other words, spirit, soul, and body. He wants them fully engaged. Well, I think you know he wants our spirits healthy and built up. And I think you know he wants our bodies healthy and built up. Why would he not want our minds healthy and built up as well? God is not intimidated by knowledge. God is not intimidated by science. God is not intimidated. He's the one who created these things. He is the source and the bedrock of these things. And so what has happened is we have been fed falsehoods that teach us that God is a finite figment of someone's religious or desperate imagination, primitive imagination, uh, and that to the extent that it works, it only works in this box with a steeple stained glass and fuse on top on Sunday or on the Sabbath, but it doesn't work in the realities of Monday through Friday or Saturday. We have too small a view of God. We have too, too small a view of the relevance of God. Are you listening? And so our theme and our title that we've elected for this series is God of the Macrocosm. Macro means big or large, and cosm from, is derived from cosmos, which means the world or the order or the structure. Are you listening to me? In other words, we're trying to show and help people to understand that he's God of the big picture. He's not just the God of the little religious experience. He's God of the big picture. He's 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 bigger than just universal. He's cosmological. Everything that exists, exists in him and flows out from him. So he's God of the macrocosm. And then the byline, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than your denomination. He's bigger than my uh, reformation. He's bigger than my fellowship. He's bigger than my ethnicity. He's bigger than my one local church. He's bigger than that. He's bigger than a philosophy. He's bigger than one. You understand? He's bigger than that. And so the Bible says our theme scripture for this particular discourse will be Psalm 34 and 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Magna means large or great or big. Magnify the Lord. Now, we can't make God any bigger because he's infinite. But a magnifying glass does not make things bigger. A magnifying glass allows for a bigger view. All right? A bigger, clearer, closer view. So when we say magnify God, we don't mean make him bigger. We mean embrace a bigger, clearer view of God. That's what we're after. Are you following that? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. That is clarify, amplify who he is for those who don't see him well. He's bigger than that. All right. And then, of course, 
uh, it takes us on to the 35th chapter, uh, <clears throat> Psalm 35 and uh, uh, verse 27 that says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Are you following? And so when we use, when we use this, uh, when we use this uh, topic, He's God of the macrocosm. He's bigger than that. Whatever that it is that you think of, the God that we serve is bigger. He's bigger. He's infinitely bigger. So you don't have to apologize. You can be what the Bible calls an apologist, but you don't have to apologize in the sense of feeling sorrowful. You don't have to apologize for who your God is and what your faith is. Amen to that. What we need to do is get him out of the box of our religious experience and our religious preference and our cultural tradition. Get him out of those boxes in terms of the view. Magnifying has nothing to do with his size. Magnifying has something to do with our eyes. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, We'll talk about this ongoing, but right now I want to shift and deal with a very practical, one practical aspect of God being magnified. One of the things that, that people sometimes don't understand about God, for example, is that he is Lord of the aesthetic. He is Lord of the aesthetic. He is the supreme aesthete. What is... uh? Aesthetic. What are aesthetics? Well, aesthetic means that which pertains to beauty in art, beauty, the artistic, the creative. That's the God we serve. He is aesthetic, intentionally so. He optimizes the aesthetic. In other words, he is the God of beauty. He is the God of symmetry. He is the God of elegance. He is the God of structure and texture, balance. When he created, if you read the scripture, he, he, he placed man in a garden and the garden, the word garden means delight, Eden rather. The word Eden means delight. He placed him in the garden of delight. And the Bible talks about the, uh, the, the, the trees. And, and even, even when the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is approached, it's pleasant. The fruit is pleasant to the eyes. These things come from God. When Lucifer was created, every precious stone is uh, his covering. When the high priest is given a garment by God, he says it's for glory and beauty. When he designs the tabernacle, he says gold must be there, silver must be there, all the precious stones. Not only that, but the Bible says that he sits upon a throne surrounded by a rainbow. 
it says that there's a city that he has prepared for his beloved that is 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 a city that is 1500 miles high wide uh and long <laughs> Uh, walls of jasper, streets of gold, and all of that. Somebody says, Brother Blue, that's figurative. Let's say, let's say that it is figurative. If that's the symbol, can you imagine what the substance really is? If that's the symbol, can you imagine what the reality will be? That's the God whom we serve, all right? And so I'm going to bring forth someone whom God has gifted, because the Bible says in the book of James chapter 1, verse 17. Never forget it. Every good gift, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. You are the lights. He is the light. You are the, he's the capital L light. You are the lowercase l lights. The sparks that came forth from him who is the eternal fire. You're the spark from the fire. All right? And so that means that every gifting that you have is a spinoff from his gifting or from his, his essence. It's really not his gifting because nobody gave it to him. <laughs> you understand? Uh, his essence spins off into your life, has been, has been radiated forth into your life. And so he is the consummate esthete. Did you hear me? I said he is the consummate, he is the ultimate esthete, A-E-S-T-H-E-T-E. -E -E. He is the absolute beautician. He is the absolute. He even said, I'll beautify the meat with salvation. And so um, I want to, <laughs> I want you to talk, I want you to listen to, uh, someone whom he has gifted to be a spark from the fire of his aesthetic nature. I want to join, uh, uh, have you welcome us, joining us at this time, Sister Lorna Brown of A Beautiful Experience, uh, a great um, LLC that is doing great work in our region and beyond. And not only that, but uh, we're pleased to have her as a part of our local assembly for many years as well. And uh, Sister Lorna, how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling great, Bishop. Feeling great. Wonderful. I told you earlier that I love your backdrop. As, as, as yeah. Impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Sister Brown, you, you've heard what we've been saying so far. And of course, you've listened to some mm -hmm. of our uh, conversations about the kingdom of God and kingdom professionals um, from time to time. Let's let's not begin with that though. Let's begin with your journey in the aesthetics. I mean, you are mm -hmm. what is professionally referred to as an aesthetician, um, mm -hmm. and and then other terms, uh, beautician, cosmologist. I mean, well, yes, co cosmetologist. I'm sorry, cosmetologist. Just so many different terms. Uh, talk about how you came to that just a little bit. In other words, how did you discover of all the other abilities that you may have? How did you discover that as a gift or an ability? Was it when you were a little child or did you get it in your adulthood or how did that come about? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, as I was um, a little girl, I remember doing hair in the community, braiding hair in the community. At that time, I didn't realize that was a gift. I just thought I was just 
helping the community for the children's hair to look better. Then my mom decided, yeah, you're going to college. So I decided, she decided to send me to um, Columbia College and I took up fashion, merchandising, advertising, and design. But on, on the evening times and on the weekend, I was back doing hair. So I used hair to get revenue, to get money. So um, the more hair, I started doing more hair than going to class. It started outweighing um, what I was, the purpose of me being in college. So when that season was over, um, I realized that I was good at it. And I was really, really good at it. So I decided to, um, um, to go to school for cosmetology. And I remember um, when I made that decision, I remember, and I'm not, I, I won't say, I'm going to use the word you say, bitch, the insects in my ear. And I remember this one insect, this one lady, she told me, just because you're going to school for hair don't mean you're going to be somebody. And I remember having a conversation with my mom and mind you, I was like 18 years old. So this is an adult who's speaking this in, in, in my ear. Yeah. So I had the conversation with my mom and my, my mom told me, didn't I told you, you're going to be great. You remember that. <laughs> so as I'm in school for uh, cosmetology and I didn't go to a school that our color would go to. I went to a, um, a school of mixed cultures good, and good. Um, it was Many times I wanted to give up and I can hear that insect in my ear saying, just because you're going, you're going to be there. And then I can hear my mama voice overriding that saying, you're going to be great. So that kept me together. And, um, and when I graduated, I, um, I came here to Florence. And then when I graduated, I went back to Andrews. Um, when I went back to Andrews, I began to didn't know that I was doing it, creating a culture. Well, for my business, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I was doing it. And then after some time, uh, we decided to move back. Me, my husband and my children decided to move back to Florence. And when we moved back to Florence where nobody knew me, nobody knew my name or anything. I had to start a business from ground up. So that's when I was introduced to Dora Hope Christian Church and I'm not saying this to, as a cliche, but Dora Hope, Bishop Blue, and Pastor was necessary for my survival because there I learned about the laws of business, about being fruitful, multiply, replenishing, and subduing. Mm -hmm. And well, I'm using oh, those. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Now, I heard you say the laws of business, and that sounded good, and I was going to let that go. But then you began to say, you began to quote scripture. You talk. You, so, so in other words, you're telling me, Ben, that be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, so do it, and have dominion is not just biological, mm -hmm. have lots of children, but those no. are actually laws of business. My God. Yes, yes. And that's how my mind interpret that teaching that you get you gave for that season. Yeah. Um uh, being fruitful is just being productive. Yes. Because um, yes. every problem is a business. If you solve a problem, it's a business. To multiply it, um, I wanted to be a cosmetologist. And when I say cosmetologist, hand in hand, I also mean designer, decorator. I wanted to be... I wanted to specialize in what I do. And I wanted to multiply that. Um, so I become to be a person that was rare. Um so that people will call upon me. And I begin to also 
duplicate myself. I I you, I have dozens and dozens of of um, ladies that have come up under me, and they are greater than me now. And they are all over um, from the, um, the coast to coast. They are all over. They are doing well. They are doing great. And a lot of that came from um, me taking them under my wing and showing them what I know. And so do. Only thing I could apply to do is this. I want to be so good that when people think of think of who they want to get their hair done, I want to deck who they want them to decorate a job, they think of me. So that's how I came up with the laws of business. Yes, sir. Sister Lana, you you are uh, you are preaching my gospel, as Bishop Johnson used to say. <laughs> that's you know, it 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 makes me quote proud in a godly sense. Yes, sir. It 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 makes me uh, very happy, and then in a sense, it also makes me frustrated because I'm not sure everybody understands that this is what God is actually saying when we talk about this whole kingdom of God perspective and be fruitful, multiply. You know, sometimes I. I really, and it's not about me, okay? It's not about me. But sometimes yes, I wonder yes. people say, "Well, yeah, watch him go. He'll be all right. Just give him a little more time. He'll run out after a while." He'll not realizing that no, God is talking to you about you. He's talking to you about yeah. how you can impact whatever your area of calling and gifting is. Now you've just illustrated. You've just illustrated what it is that God very definitely teaches: be fruitful. That is, be productive. Find out what He put in you and produce that. Then multiply, which means replicate yourself in others. Yes, yes. That's exactly what it says. Replenish the earth. Position others. You said different areas. Position yes. others to do what it is that you do. Give them an opportunity to practice and even fail, so that yeah. they can learn in a safe environment. And then yeah. have dominion, excuse me, uh, subdue. That means you begin to take over the market in such a way mm -hmm. that when they think beautician or think cosmetology or think decoration, they think Lona Brown. Even if they think yeah. somebody else, they got to put you in the mix. Yes, and then have yes. dominion is, is that you have long-term positive benefit generationally. So go ahead. and Abs Absolutely. I had one of my... Um... I, I'm gonna call them students. I had one of my um, students call me the other day, and she's she's she does a lot of makeup, and she said the compliment that she gets all the time is, "You you act just like Lana. <laughs> you wow. just like Lana." So that made me feel good to know that what I instill in her, she is she is doing well at her job, but then a piece of me is still showing up in her. Uh, one of the greatest gifts that um, God has given, not only me, to everybody, is the gift of vision. Um, I often um, talk to them and talk to anybody I meet to let them know that sight is the function of the eyes. Mm -hmm. Vision is the function of the heart. I try to see differently. Um, I, I try to see further than what my eyes can. I'm going to use the word look, not see, because when you look, it is what you you look in. But when you see, you can only see with your heart. I truly believe that all true leaders are visionaries. Eyes that are common, eyes that see are rare. So um, what separates me from another is how you see. 
I use my past experiences and my new experiences to create a, a, a new solution of everything that I do. I truly believe that whenever a client comes to me, whether it's for an event or for a hair, and I'm going to use hair right now, and they, they can walk in the door and it, the hair is all over the place. It looked like it looked like chaotic, Bring it on. But, Bring I, it on. but I have to have a plan. By the time they come in that door and sit in that, sit in that chair, I have to bring all that to order. Okay. So a lot of them don't even know. You about to say something, Bishop? No, I, I want you to go ahead. <laughs> Since you're already there, I want you to go ahead and, and, you, and use those two terms as you're using them. Go ahead. You're already illustrating it. Teach it a little bit as well about yes, sir. From and to the chaotic, mm -hmm. to the cause. Go ahead. Say it. Yes, sir. So when they when they present, whether they present themselves, which is their hair is chaotic or uh -huh. a picture or whatever, I have to know enough in my heart as I see it to transform what I see in my heart into something that's have order. So when they walk out of my chair, their hair have to be in order as well as decorating. Because when it come like when somebody come to me with a wedding, it's out of order. It's chaotic. Yeah. I yeah. have yeah. to still put it in order. So the end, I see the end from my heart before they see it. I already know the plan, what the plan going to be before they see the finished work. Okay. Um, now tell me where that comes from. Tell me where that chaos cosmos. <laughs> tell me where that comes Tell Tell our viewers and listeners where that comes from. I well, I, it comes from God. Yes. Come on with it. It Come comes on. from God. Um, I could not do this um, um, on my own. Um, everything I do believe that cre creativity is the image of God. Um, God Himself is an innovator. In the beginning, of God creates it. I think it's in Colossians three ten. He He says something about put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of Him who He created. I believe that creativity and I. Creativity is the image of God. So I'm only doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm the image of God. So I'm creating things according to the word of God, according to what God has put me in here to do. Well, 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 this is exactly, this is exactly why we refer to him as God of the macrocosm. This profession, and this professional is telling us today that what she's doing when she does her beautician work is that she's emulating as a spark her heavenly father who is the fire. That in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void. In the Hebrew, tohu vabohu. In the Greek, chaos. Mm -hmm. And God took chaos and brought forth cosmos. And mm -hmm. what I've attempted to share with cosmetologists such as um, Sister Brown, and she has shared it with others, is that when you do your cosmetology work, you are actually imitating God. You are actually mm -hmm. mimicking God because he took the chaos, which was the primordial primeval 
universe and shaped it into cosmos, into order. He took chaos and shaped it into cosmos. That's the exact same thing that happens mm-hmm. microcosmically when that client sits in your chair. So yes. in other words, every time she does someone's hair, she is reenacting Genesis chapter one. He mm-hmm. is God of the macrocosm and she becomes his son spiritually in the microcosm. Do you see it, saints? Do you see what it is? And not yeah. saying right. Do you see it, kingdom professionals? That's what we mean. That's a measure of what we mean when we say he is the God of the macro, and I emulate him in my micro calling and, and, and reflect him. And those who don't have the capacity to see him in the macro, see him mm-hmm. reflected in the micro and therefore can look to it. Go ahead, sister. Talk a little more. Um, I also notice in my almost 30 years of doing hair that, um, who I am in God, as far as, um, hair and event um, decorating, I realized that there is a greater pull on me um, when it comes down to people needing ministry um, for whatever the issue may be. So I realized I had to take the culture of the kingdom of God into the community. I realized that the ministry of God is needed in everything that I do. So I became adaptable. Now there's a difference between adoptable and adaptable. I adapt. So because sometimes the first God that they know or see is me. So how I talk, how I treat them, what I say, what I do, all of and I can never mention God, but they know there is a God. So therefore, um, I learned to be a, a adaptable, but I do not adopt the world system. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's what he meant when he said, when he said, come out from among them and be separate, not separated, separate. I'm in it adapted, but I'm not of it, adopted. That's what God means when he tells us that he intends for us to be in the world, adapted, but not of the world, adopted. And I'm telling you, friends, that when you embrace the kingdom of God principles, your practices become powerful. When you Mm -hmm. embrace his principles, your practices are empowered. And you are able to usher people into transformation without them even realizing what's happening. As she said, in many instances, she's the only God that they're going to encounter. And many times when they encounter her, they don't know that they're encountering God. But listen to this. Every human being, to some greater or less extent, has spiritual sensitivity. And when they're in the presence of the greater one, When they're in the presence of the mighty one, they may not know what to call it. They may call it energy these days. They called it aura in the past. They called it vibe, whatever term, but they can sense something coming out of you and something flowing out of you that is is therapeutic, that is intriguing, that is attractive. And you must be very careful that when that flow takes place, that you don't exploit that. But to the to the contrary, that you harness that and direct that not to me, because that's why in many cases, when you really get into 
um, deep professional relationships, you have to make sure you're consecrated because it can easily go south. It can easily mm -hmm. go another direction. Whether that direction is some sort of sensual, sexual direction, or whether it's some sort of uh, unjust kind of manipulation for money or for power and control and all those kinds of things. And so that's why you need consecration. What she just told us is that her salon, her uh, her facility, her chair is actually her pulpit. She's mm -hmm. ministering to people that many of us never get to minister to. Listen, she's laying hands on people that we never mm -hmm. get to lay hands on. She's anointing with oil people that we never get to anoint with oil. And and, mm -hmm. and and how powerful is that? Continue, please continue. Um, and in that, Bishop, I had to come up with programs, I, I would say, or systems, good systems, outside of a beautiful experience, the building, that would help facilitate the need of people to show them or bring them to Christ. And some of the things that I had to develop is, is um, a women's group called A Beautiful You, a children's group, um, there's a vision in your child, and now a, um, in which I need this as well, what, I, what I'm about to say is called um, Body, Honor, Nation. So all of these were created so that it gives them a different platform, um, a, a, a different expression that I can bring God into the equation. Um, and that is also um, greatly needed. I didn't know how much it was needed. I could use um, a beautiful you. It took me 10 years to understand that vision God gave me. I couldn't birth it and bring it before people because I was learning myself. God was working on me. And it just this year right here, we were able to bring the platform visually so people can see it. Cause now I'm mature enough um, that I know I'm not going to mess over God's people. I know that I'm not going to say things and do things that cause people not to want to come to God. Um, I'm going to say this right here and I'm going to be finished. Bishop. I remember on my mom's, um, she was in a hospital and she was taking her last breath. My sister was sitting on, standing on the right and I was on the left. And, um, when she left this world, me and my sister had two different experiences. My sister fell apart, but something else happened to me. I stood up. I got wings. It seemed like I could run and not get weary. It seemed like I got a strength that I never had before. And I remember having a conversation with Pastor Melinda. And Pastor Melinda, she told me, she said, she said, Lana, your mama passed the mantle to you. And at that time, everything came together. I began to understand who I am in God and the the need of the people that God has placed me around, what I have to do to give them what I have to give them at the appointed time. So um, these other systems that I'm building around me, good systems that I'm building around me, is just an extension of, of God to reach more people, to bring them right back to him. And the culture that I have created for a beautiful um, experience, anybody connected to me, anybody around me, anybody who want to be a part, they have to leave better. They cannot stay the same. They have to be better. That is, and this is so wonderful and so delightful. Um, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, you've, you've heard it right here. This, this is an example of one individual among many 
mm-hmm. whom God is raising up across the nation and around the world to take his kingdom principle, apply it to their practice, and to be made powerful. That's God's will. Now, one other thing, um, I've spoken to Sister Lana before about what we refer to as, which is another one of those visions that are still coming to pass, and that is the guild, the G-U-I-L-D in FKP. That is people who specialize in certain particular professions being able to come together so that not only do we have the generic FKP, which is for everybody, but that we have specialized um, groupings and specialized interactions and partnerships among people who are in the same profession. Mm -hmm. In other words, there are cosmetologists across the state, across the nation who do the same thing, who could very well learn from one another, be mentors from one another, Mm -hmm. be partners, help to um, um, create capacity for resources. And many times when things are being purchased, being able to purchase them in bulk and therefore a, a, a lesser price and therefore everybody's dollar stretches, all those kinds of things, um, making one another aware of training opportunities, of continuing education opportunities, um, credits that can go toward degrees and, and, and credentials. And so Sister Lorna has said, as we've talked in the past about the fact that, that she would love to be a part of helping to structure that. And those of mm-hmm. you that are on this session today, I saw Sister Chronicle come in. Um, I, I want to further that particular conversation. I'm going to project about a month from now that we will be having a conversation about the aesthetics guild of FKP. And all of you know mm-hmm. people that are aesthetician, male and female, okay, who are in these areas. That would be barbers. That would be all of them that, that we're going to convene. It'll probably end up being um, in person in a measure, but Zoom for those who can't be there. And let's empower those who are part of the body of Christ to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, do it, and have dominion for the king and his kingdom in this realm, in this realm. Because this is one of the most potent aspects of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most influential industries in the African-American community is this one right here. It, yeah. it, in the others as well. But in our community, if we're going to be broke, we're going to be broke with our hair done. <laughs> that's the truth that's the truth <laughs> so, so, so since it is such a powerful and influential aspect of the culture we are called to be culture makers and culture shapers and that's what sister Lana has just testified to and so we will make that announcement beginning next Monday as to when it'll be like I said we'll project about a month out so somewhere mm-hmm. in the We'll have that conversation and then that'll get us ready for June so that when we have our CCFM conference and we have our FKP day, this will be one of the areas that will be lifted up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm expecting I'm expecting powerful things. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. yes. Minister Colvin, nails too. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. Well, Sister Brown, you have blessed us. Uh, in yes, sir. Words, we, we're we're um we're actually over our time a little bit, but it's all good. And 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 the saints and the non-saints together <clears throat> are are being blessed by this. So, um, any closing word of encouragement before we 
Adjourn. Um, I just would like to say that um, anybody who who is in the cosmetology field or decorating field, if you haven't already, make sure you have a mission statement over your life and that'll help guide you um, in the direction you should go. Um, my mission statement is to, to inspire all people to seek first the kingdom of God in every area of life. I think whenever you have a mission statement over your business, you know when to say no, you know when to say yeah, it keep you in a straight, uh, it keep you in a path so that you would not be able to to yield to areas you don't have to go uh, or go directions that would that lead you away from your vision that God has given you. So just make sure you have a, a mission statement um, over your business and a person. I use it for my personal mission statement as oh, well. Oh, that is so priceless. See, all of that. See, all of that is kingdom professional. All of that. And now we're going to have to do a lesson on vision and mission statement. Um, and we've talked about them in the past, but, but again, yeah. you know, we have to review these things. So thank you so much for sharing. Yes, um, sir. I'm really looking forward. Oh, by the way, we're going to every year in CCFM, those of you who've been with us before the pandemic, of course, Thursday was FKP day. We talked about different aspects of business and we would have the lunch and the round table. Um, but this year's leadership conference, which comes up in October, is going to have a decidedly FKP emphasis. Leadership conference is, is not going to just be generic leadership, though it is, but it's going to be decidedly fellowship of kingdom professionals oriented. And so you're going to see some powerful things. Um, I'm not going to say that we're going to feature a fashion show per se, <laughs> but you're going to see some powerful things in October that are unprecedented. If this, you know, by the help of God and the pandemic yes. not hinder us and all of that, okay? It's yes, going sir. to be exciting. So thank you, brothers and sisters. I know you've been blessed. Thank you, Sister Brown. I thank yes, you for preaching. Uh, as uh, Bishop Johnson said, preaching my gospel. Thank you for preaching. <laughs> it, it, it means so much. It means so much to hear God's word and then to see it being lived out. All right? Thank mm -hmm. you. Yes, May sir. God bless you. Saints of God and, 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 and non-saints that are just tuning in. And, and those of you that will be listening by way of the podcast, oh, my, I know you've been blessed. I know you've been blessed. And um, he is God of the macrocosm. Someone walks into a beauty shop, thinks they're just going to get their hair done. They don't know it's bigger than that. Whatever your area is, all of you, listen to me. Whatever your area is, whatever your profession is, whatever your calling is, you make sure that you understand that it's bigger than what's obvious. It's bigger than what's obvious because he's so much bigger. He is there, Sister Johnson. That's another one of our cosmetologists. He is bigger than all of that. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I don't know about you, my friend, but I'm stirred. I'm excited. I believe that something good is about to happen to you. And so until we meet again, this is Michael Blue of the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals encouraging you to go forth today and lead. Make the name of Jesus Christ glorious make the career of Satan brief and miserable. Together we will bring pleasure to Christ's heart.
and fame to his name. <clears throat> Reach out to Sister Brown and let her know that you enjoyed what she shared. Put it in these comments, but reach out to her as well on her page and just share what we've heard and what we've uh, interacted with today. Until we meet again, may the peace of God go with you. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship of Kingdom Professionals, FKP, the podcast. If you'd like more engagement, click the link in the show notes to join like-minded professionals in the FKP Facebook group. Follow us at Bishop M.A. Blue on all platforms. Also join the FKP Weekly Conversation Live every Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Finally, be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. May God bless you until we meet again.